Welcome to QSource's podcast series, The Conversation. In this episode, you'll hear from our own Tara Hatfield as she speaks with Kara Ville, the CEO of the Indiana Rural Health Association. They discuss what makes IRHA such a dynamic organization and the current state of rural health. Hello and welcome to our podcast. My name is Tara Hatfield and I'm the Education and Outreach Coordinator here at QSource. In celebration of Rural Health Month, we have invited Kara Veal, CEO of the Indiana Rural Health Association, to talk about what makes IRHA such a dynamic organization and what they are seeing in the rural health landscape. Kara, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tara. It's good to be here. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about the mission of IRHA and what makes the organization different from other healthcare organizations here in Indiana. Yeah, so the mission of the Indiana Rural Health Association is to enhance the health and well-being of rural populations in Indiana through leadership, education, advocacy, collaboration, and resource development. So which essentially that means that each and every one of our team members are dedicated to improving healthcare delivery in all areas of rural Indiana. And as the country's largest rural healthcare association, we're committed to paving the way for the new programming that will ultimately reduce barriers to high quality healthcare in rural communities. We want to make sure that we're addressing social determinants of health head on and identify the underlying issues that make it challenging for rural Hoosiers to experience healthcare the way their urban counterparts do. We'll often address issues and barriers by any means possible. So we meet and connect with key stakeholders, legislators, at both the state level and the national level to ensure that rural experience is clearly understood and that it isn't assumed that urban and rural Hoosiers experience healthcare in the same manner, because we don't. We work closely with many partners across the state, including other healthcare associations, rural hospitals, rural health clinics, individual providers, and really so many more to make sure that we're working together to make the greatest impact. And I believe that this encompasses in its entirety the mission of IRHA through what we do each and every day. Speaking of challenges and issues, what is the Rural Health Association facing right now and what are you doing to address those issues? Oh, Tara, where to begin? So back in 2019 BC or before COVID, as I like to refer to it, we had many, many challenges facing rural Indiana. And as one might expect, those challenges have only been exacerbated by the pandemic. And although the nation and communities have essentially opened back up, we're still experiencing significant challenges and issues in, in rural Indiana. And so similar to our urban counterparts, we are still experiencing significant staffing and workforce challenges. And this might be the most widely discussed topic at this time. So at the height of the pandemic, we saw a lot of healthcare providers leave their full-time positions to take travel positions. They could really make so much more money. And, and sometimes the travel requirements consisted of the exact same commute as their regular full-time position that they just left the day before. So while that's beneficial for the healthcare worker themselves, uh, this you know has left hospitals and healthcare organizations scrambling to pay unbelievably higher rates for staffing just to ensure the core services of a hospital were able to be provided. And there were some times where hospitals were forced to divert patients to other hospitals because they didn't have the staff available to care for patients who needed to be admitted. This extreme practice has thankfully subsided significantly, but limited workforce still remains an issue. So some of the key differences we have with workforce challenges in rural compared to urban, they include a smaller pool of, of qualified candidates. We simply have fewer people to choose from in rural communities than in our urban counterparts to fill the same open positions. 
Well, working in rural often means a very heavy workload with a large number of patients to see. And in these rural communities, access to specialists is often very limited, which means our rural providers are trying to coordinate care for sometimes very highly complex patients. Plus, it can be difficult for these healthcare workers to take time off. So there's a lot around burnout with uh, the issues we're seeing in workforce as well. Going back to the issue with taking workers taking time off at a rural hospital where uh, OBGYNs provide services, there are seldom more than one or two OBGYNs at that individual organization, which means they're sometimes taking call every day or every other day. And that's just a recipe for disaster. Recruiting families to these rural areas is, is just as critical as recruiting the physicians themselves. And there's sometimes limited job opportunity for their spouses. There's limited availability for daycare, limited opportunities for expanded social life. So, I mean, I've lived and worked in rural communities my entire professional life, and there are incredible rewards and positive aspects in working in rural, but a challenge is simply getting folks here to experience it for themselves. So another issue, in addition to access to healthcare services, People who live in rural communities are more likely to travel long distances to access services that they need, especially if it's a specialty service. And this can result in significant travel time, cost, and time away from workforce or for their workplace. And sometimes people can't afford to make that trip either financially or they can't afford to take the time off of work. And there's rarely public transport, and if there is, it's extremely limited. It's not uncommon to see people unable to take time off work. So when they need to see a provider, the emergency room is their only option after hours. And this, of course, can result in unnecessarily high cost services, which me leads me to another issue, and that is the financial hardship that rural hospitals face. There are many financial hardships that face rural hospitals, and we mentioned workforce challenges and the cost associated with that, but there's also supply chain issues, just inflation in general, especially with drugs and equipment, Medicare sequestration, low margin services available, and aging infrastructure. Since 2010, 138 rural hospitals have closed and there are many more consistently operating on negative margins. So in addition to what I've already mentioned, rural communities experience challenges with access to reliable broadband, which sorely limits the options for telehealth. There's also issues with health literacy, social stigmas and privacy issues. I mean, there are a lot of people in rural towns who know each other's vehicles. And if it was seen at the local mental health clinic, this can limit privacy. And like it or not, we're still experiencing a lot of stigma surrounding the topic of mental health. That's a lot of challenges. What is IRHA's approach to addressing any, any of these issues? We like to work <clears throat> very closely with our partners at all levels across the state to discuss and educate the importance of uh, the availability of healthcare delivery and the availability and option for effective and viable reimbursement to sustain the continuation of those services. So we work really closely with local legislators and state legislators and truly even national legislators to talk about the impact of what effective reimbursement might mean to the ongoing sustainability of rural healthcare delivery, not only in Indiana, but really across the country. We work very closely with our partners to try to develop new pilot programs that are going to be able to give us an opportunity to try new methods of rural healthcare delivery that will ultimately help the community and the patients themselves as a whole. 
So new opportunities might mean reduction in hospital readmissions, uh, more effective care coordination, new and innovative methods for reaching a patient when access to care is limited. We are really excited about opportunities to provide education on how we can effectively incorporate and implement new services in rural communities that maybe they hadn't experienced before. And we'd like to be uh, relatively cutting edge to, to be able to kind of think outside the box. Um, you know, a lot of the issues that we're experiencing today aren't new. They, uh, as I mentioned, kind of the pandemic just exacerbated them and then really presented them as significant challenges and issues that we need to address immediately. And so it's, it's important for us to make sure that we're speaking with people who are uh, in the front lines of this rural healthcare delivery and responding to the needs that they truly are experiencing, while at the same time ensuring that the patients are kind of at the forefront of, of what we do to make sure that they're truly receiving the, the care that they need. So Kara, as you may know, QSource works in all corners of Indiana and a consistent topic of concern is mental health and access to mental health providers and resources. Mm -hmm. What is IRHA's approach to addressing this issue? Yeah, uh, mental health, it's been an area of, of healthcare that's been of growing concern, especially as the pandemic continues on. And it's starting to become a recognizable and a real diagnosis, but unfortunately there's still a stigma associated with it. It's like if you can't see a physical deformity and you can't see real lab results, it, it's still questionable if there's really an issue. And that's so unfortunate and it's so difficult to overcome. But I do think more and more people are recognizing that mental health disorders are real. Uh, we're seeing it in suicide rates and rates of attempted suicide. We see it with increasing rates of substance and opioid use. We're also, however, talking about it more and more and trying to create safe places that people can speak up if they have concerns. We still have a lot of room to improve here, though, which is where I think IRHA can have some of the greatest impact. We want to collaborate with partners across many industries, not just siloed to the healthcare industry, where we can make screening for mental illness more consistent. So we want to advocate for and promote reasonable reimbursement, which will also allow for the opportunity for more healthcare providers and organization, organizations to offer mental health services. We want to collaborate with our partners to remove licensure barriers and expand the opportunity to bring in more mental health providers in Indiana. So really, we have more people that are qualified professionals who can serve as that mental health resource for those who really need it. And we've already and, and intend to continue to work very closely with legislators to adopt new bills and legislation that will specifically address opportunities for us to increase mental health services and remove the barriers from those services. Funding is often the issue, not only here, but with a lot of new, new uh, initiatives um, or expanding initiatives. So IRHA is collaborating with other states to learn about various successful funding models that focus on mental health that might make sense to implement in Indiana as well. What is IRHA focusing on currently and what can we expect to see moving forward? Well, I'm really excited about the focus areas for IRHA. We have such a broad and diverse approach to positively impacting rural healthcare delivery, and we have a variety of programs and initi initiatives in place, including advocacy and policy efforts. We're working really closely with our lobbyists at Krieg DeVault. Amy Lavander and Grant Achenbach and the others at Krieg are incredibly well respected at the State House, and they give us a direct line of communication to legislators and policymakers. 
We've expanded our efforts to ensure that IRHA is the go-to healthcare experts in for rural communities and that our Indiana legislators will think to reach out to IRHA for any rural healthcare discussions. We have a number of boots on the ground programs that address a variety of topics. We have, um, we're really excited about our next round of funding to help us promote our Connecting Kids to Co Coverage program, which is a CMS funded program and allows us to launch insurance navigators throughout the state to assist individuals with applying for and enrolling in health insurance plans and health coverage plans. And we're really excited to be able to offer this service statewide. We have a couple telehealth programs, including Crossroads 2, the Upper Midwest Telehealth Resource Center, and the Indiana Telehealth Network. So Crossroads is a HRSA-funded collaboration with rural partners to provide telebehavioral health, and it's been expanded, actually, to include tele-ED services, including telestroke, teletrauma, and even tele-EMS. The Upper Midwest Telehealth Resource Center is also a HRSA-funded program, and it's a technical assistance center for basically all things telehealth. So if you have a question about telehealth or you need guidance regarding telehealth, we're the experts that can serve as your resource to find answers that you're looking for. And the Indiana Telehealth Network connects providers with funding from the FCC for high-speed broadband access. And honestly, the window of application uh, for partners is currently open. So if someone would like to tap into really deep discounts for the broadband, we can certainly support them with that initiative. And then we have lots of programs that are dedicated and focusing on infant and maternal health. The Healthy Start Communities That Care program is a HRSA-funded program that supports women, fathers, and babies through advocacy efforts and connection and education that is really intended to enhance maternal health, successful birth outcomes, and positive family relationships. Another HRSA-funded program that we have is the Rural Maternity Care Coordination Program that promotes increasing access to maternity services, both prenatally and postpartum, to decrease maternity and infant mortality rates. And then we also have community paramedicine programs that exist to improve maternal and infant health outcomes through the use of community paramedics. So in addition to all of those things, we also have programs that are specific to tobacco cessation, inter-facility transportation, family medicine, residency development, and community collaborative initiatives. You guys are certainly not at a loss for work, that's for sure. So IRHA sounds like a tremendous resource for its membership. What do you feel like the best benefits are that your membership have access to? I think we provide up-to-date information regarding legislation and regulations at both the state and the national level that impact rural health issues. We have lots of different newsletters and mailings and social media posts that highlight events and initiatives throughout the state that specifically impact rural healthcare delivery. We have several committees through IRHA that are open to our members that serve as a really great conduit where members can speak up and have a voice. And the IRHA offers an extensive line of webinars, lunch and learns, continuing education, in-person and virtual events that really include a wide variety of topics that are relevant for a broad audience, but specific enough to be able to be applied and adopted in, in various settings. So we hold several in-person meetings, including our annual conference um, that's held every year in June, where we welcome hundreds of rural healthcare advocates from all over the state to network and learn. And it's important for a membership with IRHA to be valuable. And we're always open to hearing about how we can provide more value to our members. Where can listeners find more information about IRHA and check out those resources? 
Yeah, the best place to go is probably our website. Um, pretty much everything I've talked about today can be found there at the IndianaRuralHealth.org. Well, thank you so much for joining our podcast today and the amazing work that IRHA is doing for rural Indiana. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners, and I hope you can join us again for our future podcasts. Thanks again, Kara. Thanks, Tara.